0: Why do you say that, Father? You aren't afraid, are you? No, but I respect some of the superstitions of others.
1: Often they are founded in fact. Hi, and welcome to Sorceress, a podcast where I chat with authors and audiobook narrators about books and especially audiobooks in the urban fantasy category. If you dig wisecracking wizards, conflicted lycanthropes, antagonistic undead and all those other things that go bump in the night and then get bumped back, you're in the right place. So make yourself comfortable, salt the doors in the windowsills, and join me, James Anderson Foster, as we get to know the creators of this fascinating genre. All right, so I'm here with Paul Stokes from the audiobook reviewer Empire. Paul, how you doing tonight? Doing better now that I heard Empire. (laughs) Right. Well, you're everywhere, man. Right. I mean, you you started off reviewing audiobooks. Now, uh, you are one of the largest strictly audiobook reviewer sites out there, right? You have other reviewers
0: working for you. I do. Um, At any given point, there's a dozen or more other reviewers. And because of that, we've been able to publish a review a day for uh, like a year now. Nice. Yeah. See, I, th- that counts as empire. <laughs> <laughs> I was just right? I was just looking before the show, and we've published two thousand two hundred and fifty reviews. Wow. Nice job. How many of those ballpark percentage are you? I'd say I'm getting weeded out nowadays. So probably like forty percent. Okay.
1: So now, when you when you started early on, it was really just you. And uh, the reason I wanted to have you on the show was because even though, you know, it's an audiobook reviewer site, especially early on, uh, in fact, I, I remember when I went to uh, submit uh, one of my first titles to get reviewed, you had like this long list of categories, <laughs> right? There was romance, there was historical romances, and, and all of them were like not taking submissions, not taking <laughs> submit. Like, I don't want to read this or right, listen to this. And, you know, your your focus was... You know, horror, urban fantasy, zombie apocalypse. You know, some contemporary sci-fi. Um, basically, really just the the urban fantasy uh, umbrella category. So I'm guessing that's kind of where your big interest and passion
0: lies. Yes, that uh, with a close second being horror, strictly horror. Um, gotta love urban fantasy. Yeah, you know, I I almost
1: kind of lump horror. And, and this, I, I suppose, will probably upset like huge horror fans. But I lump horror into urban fantasy, you know.
0: I mean, in a way, it is fantasy. Um, right. I think, they, I think they prefer more speculative
1: fiction. Ooh, that's a good title, but that's that that that'd be too long for. I mean, urban fantasy is long enough.
0: Well, it's long <laughs> and it it inc- includes just about everything. So,
1: right. Any anything that's not nonfiction, I guess, is. <laughs> Speculative, Anyway, um, so you have uh, a a long uh, and, you know, some might say sordid history uh, with audiobooks in the urban fantasy category. And so, I mean, what what draws you to an urban fantasy title?
0: I prefer urban fantasy because they typically take place right now. And the mm-hmm. author doesn't have to spend eight hours explaining the where, the way the world works.
1: Right. No, n- no major world building.
0: Right. You know, they can leave all that aside, you know, focus on the characters, actually bring some story into it instead of just world building. You know, world building is great and all, but, you know, after a while, you don't want to hear it.
1: <laughs>
0: um. Do you have anything uh,
1: in particular that you really enjoy in urban fantasy? Like, are you a big, I mean, you already mentioned your, your passion for horror. Um, but you know, do you, do you focus on ghosts, vampires, where, you know, what, what, what's your thing? Um, what gets you excited when a book comes in and you're like, you know what? No, that one's mine. I'm reviewing that one.
0: Werewolves. Of course. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just talking with Chris Barnes, a uh, narrator of a fantastic werewolf series This weekend, and... I'm sorry, talking to him for what purpose? For uh, an video podcast about audiobooks that I've been doing.
1: (laughs) Opportunity for a plug there. Uh, And and the name of that podcast, if people are interested?
0: Uh, Still working that out. Right now, I have two titles. It's Audiobooks After Dark and um, Audio... Or video, podcast, video, audio. I can't even remember the other one. So let's skip that. Hmm.
1: So audiobooks after dark, you said. <laughs> yeah. Cool. You know what? I like it. Um, go for that. That That's that's my vote right there. Right on. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt, but I wanted to make sure you got a chance to, to plug that. Um, be sure and tell us once you're done talking about this wonderful werewolf series, um, tell us where we can find, where we can listen or watch or all, all that stuff, too.
0: Sure absolutely. So anyways, this series is the first really werewolf audiobook series that I ever listened to. It spoke to my soul and still it's I've, I've listened to it several times now still get goosebumps in certain scenes. I'm just captivated by it and uh, <clears throat> there's more coming from from that guy and werewolves in the near future and you can find that video on YouTube. Um, slash audiobook audiobookreviewer or audiobookreviewer.com. Nice. Cool. And, and is, is that up right now? It is not up right now. It will be up before this is, though. Okay. So if you're listening to this
1: now, then head on over and uh, pick it up. Nice. Um, So what, I mean, a, a aside from the fact that an author can get right into storytelling, you know, because you could say the same about, like, I don't know the the Jason Bourne novels like any fiction that that's set in the modern world what is it about the supernatural or or werewolves w- what is it that that interests you has this always been an interest of yours
0: always been an interest um I want to be taken somewhere else but somewhere not... else but
1: that that's here
0: right <laughs> okay you know, somewhere completely not here but also here at the same time because then it's familiar but mm-hmm. yet captivating at the same time nice so do you prefer like
1: strictly monsters? or do you do you like magic? What uh magic,
0: demons, uh monsters, uh you know, they're all good in their own way. I probably lean towards more towards the eviler, mm-hmm. more evil like wizards and demons and stuff like that.
1: Yeah. So you know, that makes sense, especially with uh it's kind of the the horror crossover. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, so this reminds me of a point that came up uh, when I was talking with uh, author John K. Addis. Um, w- because his book had been compared to uh, horror movies in the 80s. Okay. A- and and as soon as I read that, I was like, oh, you know, that, that actually makes a lot of sense. Uh, because ha- having been a teenager in the 80s, um, there was uh, horror movies back then. I mean, yeah, you had like the the teen slasher type movies, but they were also really kind of like that broad urban fantasy thing, right? You know, a little bit darker, but still you were just as likely to run into, you know, ghosts, werewolves, vampires, zombies, all of that sort of stuff. Um, And so this leads me to my actual point and question. (laughs) Did did you enjoy
0: those growing up? Oh, absolutely. Um, I was trying to think of of a movie right now that, I remember, I don't remember the title, but it was this wizard. It might've been just called the wizard and he had blonde hair, British accent. Oh, the warlock. The warlock. There it is. Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: (laughs) Nice. Was that, that was Julian Sands. Wasn't it? That was in that. I can't remember the name for the life of me. I'm so old. Uh, uh, yeah, I really think that was Julian Sands. I can picture him now. Um, Oh, classic. I'm going to have to go watch that again now. <laughs> nice. Yes. And that's exactly what I was talking about. Like, that's, you know, if if that came out today, if that was a book, it would totally have, you know, the, the blonde character on the cover surrounded by flames with mm-hmm. a cityscape in the background and, you know, your standard urban fantasy book. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Another one, uh, Ghoulies.
1: Yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, come on, right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, God,
1: Ghoulies. As soon as you said that, though, I was like, no, hold like my brain folded it like ghoulies, goonies, and, uh, what, like, it's like, no, different movies, totally different, totally separate. Right. You're killing me, Smalls. Um, so what kind of trends are you seeing? Uh, Because, you know, you, as, as a reviewer, as the, the overlord of the audiobook reviewer empire, you get a ton of submissions. Um. What are, are you seeing any, any themes, any, you know, what, what do you see coming up in, uh, in the world of urban fantasy audiobooks?
0: Well, a year or so ago, it started, uh, piquing my interest with the, um, demon type characters, uh, reanimated, possessed people by demons and whatnot. I think you may have had a hand in a couple of those. And, yeah. um. <laughs> Now I, I see it going more towards like, uh, I don't, I mean, I don't really want to say young adult, but kind of a, a less serious kind of tone to the books. Mm -hmm. Um, Kind of a lightheartedness. Yeah. You know, more, more humor involved, um, and not sick humor, but you know, regular humor. And I, I think it's kind of trying to, it's trying to find its single voice and it's tough especially when a genre gets gains in popularity, you, right. know, you have the two extremes and hardly anything in the middle. And they're starting to starting to come together a little bit.
1: Nice. You know, as soon as you said that, I was thinking uh, you know, of the, the Dresden files books by Jim butcher and uh, uh, narrated by James Marsters, who I would love if anybody knows him, uh, you know, I'd love to get him on the show. Um, but you know, he's a big, important person. So
0: can you any believe way. I've never listened to any of those?
1: Are you kidding me? No. Are you kidding? these these, these <laughs> books are like the progenitor of this
0: entire urban fantasy audiobook industry. I've I've seen them and I go, "Oh, oh my god, there's a ton of books in that series. I'm going to the next."
1: Dude, oh no, you you've got to. <laughs> you've just got to. Um and it's, but the reason I'm bringing I brought them up is because you I mean Harry is like the quintessential wisecracking wizard. Yeah. You know, and, and it's it's got I mean and, and that's why I kind of consider dresden uh the, the dresden audiobooks to be the progenitor of this genre you know because it's got all of the things that we we kind of look for in the, or that we see in most urban fantasy books right you've got um uh, it's first person which many of them are you've got some sort of mystery murder investigation thing going on you've got the the white the the wisecracking protagonist um And then, like, everything uh, that you might ever find in any kind of horror or urban fantasy. You know, they've had zombies, ghosts, um, vampires, uh, you know, reanimated skeletons. You name it, it's
0: been in there. And, uh, oh, you've got to listen.
1: They're so good.
0: I've heard so many good things about them, and I don't know why. I just, there's so many new... Books popping up every day. It's hard to keep up with everything. You know, he hasn't put out a new one in a
1: while. He just came out with, uh, Butcher just came out with uh, side jobs, I think it's called, like short stories, but they've, like, all but one of them were published elsewhere. Oh. Uh, see, oh, you got me started on this. I can now, like, completely <laughs> change the focus of this episode to just talking about these audiobooks. Um, so the first few. They've been coming out for a while, and uh, the first few were like before audiobooks were like even a thing. Like you had to almost pay James Marsters to come to your house and just read them to you. Um, (laughs) But you could tell like the production quality is so low, you know, and it, it makes me wonder how they even got him to do this. But you'll occasionally hear him turning a page. Uh, you can, there, there's, you know, you know, like a ton of mouth noise, uh, you know, breathing, pausing. There's like second or third book. Um, there's one where like they, the engineers missed editing out line repeats. Oh no. Uh, and God, there's, oh, which book is it in? I can't read. There's one where he was like, um, he came across a new character, a character that was from a few books back and he, he was like, oh no, how did this go again? How this oh yeah yeah they sounded and that was just left in there oh and nice I, yeah But I, I mean after a while i think they got picked up by penguin and uh then the, the production quality improved um <laughs> but you no, know, i yeah i i find the low production it's like watching an old b movie or something i guess i i i love the early ones but the whole series is great seriously just
0: go listen <laughs> i got some catching up to do i see i'm on <laughs> you I'm looking do. at them now there's only 18 books Right? It's only... Uh, come on.
1: I <laughs> God, I'm just... I'm blown away. It, you know, it's like when you find out somebody really enjoys, like, sci-fi movies, but has never seen an episode of Star Trek or something. How How is that possible? How did you do that? So. <laughs> anyway, enough about Harry Dresden. Tell me more about you. Uh, so, a question I'm asking everybody. And, uh, yeah is i mean given how strange this genre is overall were you a weird
0: kid <laughs> yes i was very right. weird how weird were you um i was well it started off weird i had 2 years of first grade so immediately and it wasn't like at the end of the year they put you back in first grade it was halfway through second grade, the first time that they said, you know what, Paul, I think you're going to do better if we put you back in first grade. Well, that wasn't awkward. Uh, No, not at all. And ever since then, I was the kid that was older and always talked to himself, sat by himself, read these big books and didn't deal with anybody else, you know? Um, And then I was also the fat kid on top of everything. So, you know, it was rough being a kid.
1: But now look at you. You have turned that weirdness into, as we've had, you know, as we've established, an empire.
0: Well, I've turned it into something, and that counts. <laughs> it absolutely counts. So, uh, are are you still weird? Uh, probably. Uh, I still don't talk to people unless I have to, you know. Um I'm constantly listening to audiobooks or podcasts or something. I've recently started reading again, which I haven't done in decades, unless I had to. Um, starting to read for fun again, which man, if you if anybody out there has stopped reading because they don't have time for it, make time for it just a little bit. It's really really enjoyable. Yeah. Why do you Why do you enjoy it that much? because then I get to make it all up in my head, as opposed to having the narrator make it all up for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I can give each character their own voice that makes sense to me. And I can imagine things happening in just a different, just a slightly different way than what they're going to give me. So it's, uh, it's different. And I love it. Do, do you, I was going to ask
1: do you, do you enjoy that, uh, the ability to cast like that and then when you do read does it still kind of go off as an audiobook in your head
0: oh yeah absolutely it does um i actually um read to my wife before we go to bed every night and depending and i find myself giving characters voices and you know trying to be an audiobook to her <laughs> <laughs> nice. i don't think she appreciates it as much as i do <laughs> it's the thought that counts right you know i'm putting effort into this thing so yeah. Well, and, and you've
1: had some, uh, uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? You've, you've had some experience as a, a casting director for audiobooks. You've produced a number of audiobooks.
0: Yes, I have. Um, not in urban fantasy by any means, but more of a memoir and short stories. And I got to publish my grandfather's books that he published. The first one he self-published in the 60s. Hardcover print books, went door to door and sold the books for a dollar a piece and sold a crap ton of them. Wow.
1: Man, <laughs> what he would have given for create space back then, right?
0: Yeah, now well, now he's totally afraid of it. You know, he doesn't understand self publishing mm. anymore because he got picked up by a publisher once and that's all he wants now. Yeah.
1: that's too bad because uh you know i mean the the well first off before i go off on, on that tangent just to to stick with this really quick um what was that experience like for you even though these books weren't in the urban fantasy genre you still you know had the opportunity and got the experience of saying you know i i need different voices for these you know how did you how did you go about casting that process? And by the way, uh in full disclosure, I was fortunate enough fortunate enough uh to be cast as a voice in a couple of those. Um yeah. so how did you go about, you know, translating the the text into voices that you've heard and and just that
0: whole thing? it was it was a lot more work than I ever thought it was going to be. And I chose people or narrators rather that i was familiar with and their voices made sense to me you know they weren't the the newscaster type voices they were just the regular person voices and that that's pretty much what those books were about you know just the regular person you know roots little snippets into the life in the 50s and 60s and uh it was it was amazing You know, to go through the process of getting the rights to do it in the first place and then going, hey, grandpa, I got this crazy idea and we might make a couple of bucks. Yeah. Well, we didn't make anything, but it was a hell of an experience.
1: Still, though, yeah, I mean, what a what a great thing to be able to to give to your grandfather. You know, here's this here's this thing that you created and you, you made it all new again for a whole new audience.
0: Yeah, I know he he was he was pretty touched. He never thought of anything like this before cuz when he thought of audiobooks, he thought of like instructor course books, e-learning type stuff and he's like, "Oh, that's going to be horrible." But no, no, <laughs> no, trust me. Trust me, this is good.
1: Awesome. <laughs> uh, so so any plans to uh, continue producing books?
0: Um possibly. Um my grandfather, well, you, you he actually, have an empire. Uh, I, I try. I have, I have a thing. And, uh, <laughs> uh, my grandpa has actually finished writing a book that he started writing when I was four and, um, 41 now. Uh, and he, I wanted to self publish it for him and do the audiobook and everything. And he got cold feet and went with a regular publisher and got picked up by a smaller press. And, uh, didn't realize that he gave away the audio rights too, so he was a little crushed by that.
1: Yeah, Yeah. You know, I'm. I wonder. I, I know there are um, a number of narrators that are going out and, and seeking uh, audio rights from, in, you know, self published authors. Mm-hmm. Uh, any, any plans on doing that for you? I, I mean, I'm just thinking you've got such an audience, you know, you've you've got the audience familiarity. You know, I think everybody who is involved in independent and self-publishing and the production of audiobooks uh, knows AudiobookReviewer.com. So you've got that kind of instant credibility. Uh, You've got the experience of having done a few books. Have you ever thought about reaching out to authors and saying, hey, you know, I I've been reading your book to my wife at night, and I really <laughs> enjoy it. Clearly, you need an audio version.
0: Um, let me buy the rights and produce this thing. I have considered it, and I, I've actually reached out to a couple of small presses, never heard back about anything. Um, but I went, you know, maybe. I don't know. You know, I, I don't know until I try. And uh, Right. Usually, I always try things. I do the thing before I think about how the thing works.
1: <laughs> that's how you end up doing so many things,
0: yeah, and that's how you abandon a lot of
1: things too. <laughs> <laughs> it just seems though so that I mean like you're you you're perfectly uh poised to pull this off because I mean you do have an access, you do have access to just a ton of narrators. Um, you know, honestly, it's like uh you you know when you go to like an audiobook publisher's website or something, you know, and they have like the list of all the narrators uh, that they work with, you know, you, you do, you know, you, you just to be able to say, you know what, I, I have narrators, hundreds of narrators visiting my site every day, submitting things to me. I have relationships with these, with these individuals. Basically, if your book, you know, if your book is one that I want to you know, pursue, it's probably because it's something that's in my wheelhouse, which means I've done, you know, 200 reviews on books like it. I know the perfect people to narrate it, Um, you know, but you're also not like some massive, one of the big five publishers where the author then, you know, becomes just another commodity. So you're you're big enough to be able to pull, see, I'm giving you more stuff to do. You're big enough to be able (laughs) to really pull this off. And you're small enough to really, you know, pay attention to the to the project, to to walk it through all the necessary steps to really give them, uh, you know, the, the best quality they, they might be able to get. I think, you know, if, you, if you're looking for something else to do, Paul, <laughs> audiobook production, man.
0: That's all I need is more. Come
1: on. <laughs> <clears throat> we got to give you enough stuff to just, you know, I, I want every moment of your day occupied somehow with audiobooks
0: i actually i would love that and then i could quit the day job and just do this stuff and i would be happy as a clam there you go see i'm just trying to help
1: (laughs) speaking (laughs) speaking of uh new things that you have started uh as part of your empire and this technically isn't all that new because we're coming up on the second annual now uh, tell us about the audiobook reviews or audiobook uh list the listener awards, audiobook reviewer listener awards. We need a shorter title for that.
0: Yeah, it's ABR audiobook listener award. Okay. Everybody screws it up. It's okay. Um, <laughs> we'll fix, we'll fix it. it in post. Yeah, it's it's fine. You know. So, um, you're familiar with the Audis, right?
1: Uh, Only from a distance.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and so at, after publishing my grandfather's audiobooks, I said, Hey, I want to get your book, some, some attention somehow what's a good way. So the good troll that I am on Facebook, I find out that there's all these different awards that you can submit to. And if you win, it's kind of like winning the lottery. Right. Mm-hmm. At least that's what I've been told. And well, who <laughs> knows? I thought even if you're nominated as a finalist that's good press yeah you know oh, yeah. i have some pretty good narrators working on these projects you know let's let's give it a go so i actually submitted my grandfather's books to both the the Audis and the uh the voice out arts awards and uh of course we didn't make it as finalists but i went you know what this is really expensive and really time consuming and oh wait there's a, a an award ceremony that you got also got to buy into I went, oh boy, how can we make this better? Mm-hmm. And I thought about it for like two years or something like that, trying to work out all the details and how would this be able to pull this off? And one of the first things that I needed is I needed to have quote unquote clout in the industry. And I went, all right, well, let's focus on the reviews first. Let's get this solid. And then last year... I figured the time was right. I had everything going in line, ready to go. And holy cow, it was uh, recepted more than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. People had nothing but good things to say except for a few people. and <laughs> <laughs> But you're always going to have those, so that's okay. They're uh, dead to us now. <laughs> and, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, um, we had over 350 submissions, to the inaugural ABR awards. Mm-hmm. And that to me is a huge success. Um, yeah, sure. It might've still cost me a little bit of money to put everything together, but we put it together. Well, it was way bigger, way better than I ever thought it could be. Cause I was just going to do it all virtually, you know, online and maybe like a video or something. And we ended up having this giant award ceremony that people actually came to and we're excited to come to and didn't have to be there because they weren't a finalist, <laughs> you know, which says a lot to me. And um, it was such a huge success that the the audio festival, the Here Now Audio Festival, that where the ceremony was at, said, hey, you got to do this again and you got to come here again.
1: Fantastic.
0: So I said, okay, let's do this, <laughs> you know. And you know, we're open for submissions right now through the end of the year, through the end of 2018. You're saying, yeah, that's like four months, yeah, it's like four months, yeah, plenty of time so- to do it, plenty of time to forget to do it, and to <laughs> remember to do it and still make it, yeah. So, what are you looking for in submissions? Pretty much every category or every genre there is can submit to this. It doesn't have to be a book that we've reviewed or is on our approved genre list. Um, it's pretty much all inclusive okay. with a couple of a uh, couple of ones. There's one category that nobody can enter. It's there it's going to be a surprise. <laughs>
1: <laughs> nice. Well, I was just going to ask, what, what is it that sets uh, the ABR Listener Reviewer Awards? Uh, or list, What's it called? Come on. <laughs> ABR Audiobook Listener Awards. Thank you. The ABR Audiobook Listener Awards. I'll make sure and spell it right in the show notes. <laughs> um, what sets it apart from like the Audis uh, or the Voice Arts Awards? What makes it different? The main
0: thing is that it's for independent and self-published audiobooks only. Big dogs can't play.
1: Why is that? That that that's not fair.
0: Well, um, because um, the difficulty that I had with other award ceremonies and the cost involved and getting shut out by you know the big ones, basically the big five, and when. You know, they got their awards already. The independents don't. I couldn't find anything for independent audiobook awards. And I said, you know what? There's a ton of independent audiobooks. It sustains ACX. There's a ton of them. Let's do this. Nice.
1: And, and so how are finalists and, and winners
0: chosen? That's a super complicated process where you submit <laughs> and then... Me and, uh, I believe eight or 10 other people, I don't have it in front of me, are the selection committee. And we go through every single entry in every single category and vote on the the cover artwork, the publisher's summary, the blurb, Mm -hmm. and the audio sample. And just based on that, because we don't have time to listen to all these books, unfortunately, Um, Just based on that, we give it a score. And the top five, after all the scores are compiled, the top five are the finalists. Then then you have your finalists, and then it goes to a public voting. Last year, we went to uh, basically completely wide open public voting. Anybody could vote on anything as many times as they'd like. Um, This next time around, we're going to tone that back a little bit. And you're going to have to have a valid email address to be able to vote. And, you know, hopefully we can get the real voice of the people.
1: Nice. So, yeah, I love how, um, how this is focused on the independent, uh, authors and, and independent audiobook producers. Um, and I, I imagine, I mean, I've, I've seen you've reviewed, you have reviewed books that have been put out by the big five, obviously. Um, but you do have a lot of, uh, you know, the independent producers and authors uh, coming to get reviewed and being reviewed by your site. Um, and I, I think in the independent publishing sphere is where we're really seeing urban fantasy just blow up mm-hmm. uh, because and my, my theory is, um, you know, because they're doing it individually you know it, it's not a uh, it's not a director or or an agent you know publishing agent saying well you know here's what we think the industry can sustain bookwise we've already done 3 we can't do any you know there's none of that it's somebody saying an author saying this is my passion this is the story i want to tell and i'm going to do it i'm going to you know i'm i'm going to write the book i'm going to produce the audiobook and you know it, it's it's just Going like gangbusters, and so my question to you, um, as somebody who's seeing a lot of these come in, is what does it take? Uh, you know, if 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 you could address potential, and uh, you know, maybe even current authors and audiobook narrators and producers, what does it take to make a good urban fantasy or horror um, audiobook? What it, what does it take to make a good story? good audiobook.
0: what, what do you look for? Oh, that's not a loaded question, is it? <laughs> uh, <laughs> first and foremost, you got to have a good narrator. Um, it doesn't have to be anybody that's well-known. It just has to be somebody that knows what they're doing. Um, anybody can read. Not everybody can perform with just their voice. Um, first and foremost, good narrator, um, really, there's not a whole lot of other information I can tell you other than, you know, just cause they're on ACX or somewhere like that doesn't mean that they're a good narrator, mm-hmm. you know, listen to stuff, make sure it's good. Make sure you don't hear weird things in the recordings. Um, nothing will snap a listener out of the world faster than a weird dog bark or something that shouldn't be there. I've, I've heard them. They're there. <laughs> <laughs> Then, of course, the story, you know, the story has to be decent. It doesn't have to be, you know, immaculate, but it has to be good enough to hold the attention. And then next is the characters. They have to have interesting, fun, sometimes snarky characters that I want to have be my best friend. <laughs> okay. Know? I want to hang out with, you know, Quincy Harker, for example for a night just to see what happens. (laughs) So this
1: is, this is maybe a dangerous question for you, given your, your line of work. Um, You know, I I don't want to, I don't want to give the impression that you might be playing favorites, but do you have a favorite author uh, or a favorite series of books or a handful of favorite books or, and and if you do, are you willing to tell us what they are?
0: I do. I, I do have one, a series from one author that was the very first series that I started listening to as a reviewer, not back when I was a kid and we were on a road trip with the parents, but as an actual reviewer. And it was—I um, don't think he's ever done anything independently, but it's Jonathan Mayberry mm-hmm. and the Joe Ledger series. If you haven't listened to it, oh my god, it's pure science thriller also known as techno thriller there's zombies there's vampires there's you name it they're aliens uh there's freaks like from the doctor of island or the island of dr moreau um it's just absolutely captivating and because the story is really good to start with and then you throw in the narrator ray porter and it's oh, yeah. like a home run nice you know i
1: i was lucky enough to uh I worked on a Mayberry book. Technically, he was the editor for the uh, the Aliens uh, book that uh, that I just worked on not too long ago for Blackstone.
0: Yeah, that guy. That guy. I don't know how he keeps it all straight. <laughs> all all of his books are in the same universe. They're all happening at the same time. Nice. Just may, that, well, that, maybe a little bit in the future, future, and a little bit in the past, but it's all the same timeline. Not many can do that.
1: Nice. Um, so you didn't tell us, uh, and, and I'm, I'm assuming this is a big deal, the book that you decided to uh, uh, read for for pleasure, literally read. What What's that book?
0: <laughs> oh, I'm going to look it up just so I can get the title right. Okay. Uh, it is not anything um, that is even close. Well, maybe it's kind of close to urban fantasy. Uh, but it's about a bunch of animals that are trying to escape. Uh, farmers basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, why can't I find it? But anyways, um, I can't find it. It's not coming up. But it is by Christopher Locke, uh, Persimmon, and I'm. I think there's more after it. He's a raccoon. She's a raccoon. Trying to rescue cows from a slaughterhouse. And yeah, it's absolutely captivating.
1: Nice. You know, honestly, I'd, I'd throw that in uh, urban fantasy, maybe rural fantasy if they're on a farm. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. So, um, something I've, I've wondered like, so as, because you see so many different books coming in um, you know, whether you're reviewing them or you're, you're having one of your, your other reviewers do it. Um, have you ever had like a really cool idea for a book that you just, you know, you really wish somebody somewhere would write, you know, you see all these different titles coming in and you're like, man, nobody's touching this
0: one thing. Uh, what is that? If, if you've had that feeling, man, that is a great question but I have not actually every time I think of something I go and look for it and there it is. Huh. You know, I'm behind on the times on that one. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, um, what do you have, uh, you know, what's coming up for you? What, uh, besides obviously, uh, submissions for the ABR listener awards. Um, so obviously you're, you're going to be going through the process of, you know, getting the finalists and getting ready for the, uh, the second annual, Uh, show. uh, But what else do you have going on?
0: Well, that's that is the big thing, like you said. Um, Other than that, um, my day job is taking up a ridiculous amount of my time. And I recently switched positions and I can barely listen to audiobooks at work. So I've turned to riding my bicycle and listening Mm -hmm. on the bicycle. And there's nothing like it.
1: You know, I, I've seen you post online about some of the rides you took. Like, you know, I, I feel great when I run, you know, three to four miles and then I look at you and you've biked like 25.
0: Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. That's a new thing this year for me. I've been working up to it year after year. Um, Mm -hmm. I started where I could go. I could maybe do like four miles in a loop and just be absolutely dead afterwards and now I'm up to, I've done 34 miles is my longest ride so far. Um, and, you know, it's an all day thing, basically. Uh, yeah. Big giant circle or my last ride was, you know, you go really far away in a straight line and you come, turn around and come back.
1: So have you ever like found yourself biking longer than you ever planned to just because you're really at a good part in an
0: audiobook? I have. I've also had it come up where I, I look up. I'm like, huh, when did I get here?
1: nice that's see that's the sign of a good audiobook when uh you know yeah absolutely excellent uh so as as somebody who enjoys this this genre um do you yourself believe in the supernatural do you believe in ghosts do you believe in you know vampires werewolves any any degree of that or is this just strictly a um, a a fantasy escape for you
0: mostly a fantasy escape but i do believe in ghosts 100% um or spirits, oh, it sounds like there's a story behind that or spirits or something to that effect or leftover energy whatever you want to call it there's something um uh my experience with it is In 2004, I was a landscaper at the time, young punk kid, working on a tree crew, and a very large log fell on my head from like two stories up, fractured fractured my skull in six places, um, damaged my optic nerve, and bruised uh, the cavernous sinus artery, and if that artery would have burst, I should have, I would have died and I should have died otherwise. However, the getting to the, the paranormal part is my mother had a dream the night before where her mom was in the dream and she said, don't worry, he's going to be okay. No. Yeah. And she thought, my mom thought that her mom was talking about her dad. Mm-hmm. but no, he was fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. And then the next day, man, you get clobbered. And I, wow. Yeah. And I get clobbered and, you know, she tells me this story later and it just blows my mind. So there is something, I don't know what it truly is, but you could probably call it, you know, a number of different things and I'd be okay with it.
1: So do you think that she was just, uh, you know, telling your mom the future, like, okay, I this is going to happen and he's going to be okay, or do you kind of feel like she was somehow there protecting you a little bit?
0: Definitely protecting me, because it, it, I, like I said, I should have died. There's nothing that says I should have lived from this thing, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> just the way that everything came together, somehow, I think it's my hard-headedness, um, <laughs> you know, but... I wasn't wearing a hard hat either. I just fell straight on my head and my shoulder. And next thing I know I'm in the hospital and they're like, Oh, Hey, he woke up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man.
1: (laughs) That's awesome. So uh, before we wrap up, uh, I want to make sure I give you an opportunity to, you know, is is there anything um, that you wished people would ask you or that you you want me to ask you or anything that you want to talk about um i want to make sure we we cover everything we can
0: yeah just when you're talking to people and you're asking them what they do and they say they're an audiobook reviewer or audiobook this or a blogger or anything like that don't just stare at them blankly <laughs> <laughs> What would you like like them to
1: say? What would you like them to say to you?
0: Um, And don't say, oh, I like to read. You know, I would like them to say, oh, what does that even mean? Because people don't usually know what it means. My wife still doesn't understand it.
1: (laughs) Just tell her, honey, it's, you you know, like when I start reading at you at night. (laughs) It's like that. Only people want them to do it. Right. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. All right. So the next time you run into uh, Mr. Paul Stokes, don't just stare at him blankly after he introduces himself. <laughs> yeah, Especially if you're just, you know, looking for the indentations on the head because you listened to the podcast and you heard about the, the tree falling on him.
0: I got pictures somewhere. You don't want to see it.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, man, that's awesome. So uh, where can people find you online? Obviously, audiobookreviewer.com. Where else? Are you on Twitter? Are you on the Instagram?
0: I'm on the Twitter, the Instagram, the F-Book. There's even some other things that I keep getting emails saying that I'm signed up for that I'm not even sure what they are. So um, I also post all my reviews on Goodreads, Amazon, and Audible, Um, iTunes, if possible. They're a little wonky, though, sometimes um and pretty much everywhere just just search audiobook reviewer and i'll come up cool and folks if you uh if you do come across
1: one of uh, audiobook reviewers reviews and you like it please also click on you know yes this was helpful or yes i like it or whatever that mechanism is where you're reading that review because if i'm not mistaken that really helps It, it makes the review more visible Um. And it encourages, I mean, it, at the very least it encourages them to continue to do what it is they're doing because the last time I checked, reviewers don't get paid. No, no. Yeah. so this this is a labor of love. And uh, you know, if you if you enjoy audiobooks, if you're passionate about audiobooks, um, then you know, you, you maybe should want to support the people that help keep them, uh, keep them vibrant and and going and reviews are a part of that process and you know it only costs you the click of a button to say yeah this is this is helpful uh, as opposed to the person that listened to the book and then wrote up the wonderful review so yeah. please do that please. don't don't stare at paul blankly <laughs> when you meet him <laughs> and click click yes like uh, this is helpful whatever uh, you know on the review anything else
0: I think we've all covered it. Stay tuned for the ABR awards. More information is always coming soon um, as it continues to evolve. And so does Audiobook Reviewer. Nice. And, uh, you know,
1: considering that I I am trying to expand Paul's empire here, uh, if you are an independent author and you're thinking about having your audiobook made, but uh, you're not quite sure how that process works You know, I know a guy who's done this before, and I'm trying to get him into audiobook production. So maybe hit Paul up at audiobookreviewer.com and see what he has to say. Because, you know, he still has a few free hours in the day. Just a couple. (laughs) Awesome. Uh, Paul, thank you so much uh, for coming on and talking
0: to me. I appreciate it. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah, you bet. Thanks for having me, and uh, thanks for explaining in the beginning why I'm here, because I'm not urban fantasy. But kind of, I am.
1: All right, man. I'll talk to you later. All right. Thanks
0: a lot. And I want to be sure to
1: give a big shout out to our current patron, Paul, the audiobook reviewer. Thanks so much for the support, man. I really appreciate it. And if you would like to get your name mentioned at the end of a podcast as well, all you have to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash sorceress and sign up as a patron at the $5 wisecracking wizard level or higher. And you'll hear your name mentioned at the end of every forthcoming episode, too. Thanks so much. And that's it for this time. Thanks for dropping by. We really hope you enjoyed it, and will come back and see us again. You can find Sorcerous on iTunes, Stitcher, and our website, Sorcerous. That's S-O-R-C-E-R-O dot U-S. And you can find me at JamesNarrates.com, where you'll find a list of audiobooks, demos, and all the usual stuff. If you're enjoying Sorceress, please leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher, and if you're really enjoying it, it'd be mighty kind of you to drop a buck or two in the kitty. You can make a per-episode donation by signing up at patreon.com forward slash sorceress, or you can make a one-time donation by visiting paypal.me forward slash jamesnarrates. Any support, no matter how small, is greatly appreciated, and it'll help us keep on keeping on. So until next time, when things go bump in the night, remember to bump back.